and they can start the party at Scotland. That's a brilliant goal from Gary Jones. And Henderson, oh, what a goal! Hello and welcome to the RochdaleAFC.com podcast. My name is Dean and I am joined as always by Chaff. Chaff, how are you getting on? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Thank you. Good stuff. Uh, we've also got Ryan with us as always. Ryan, how are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. And we've got Luke with us. I think his heart rate's just about returned to normal after Tuesday night. Luke, how are you, bud? Good, thank you, mate. So, we will get into Dale's last couple of games to... Highly entertaining draws. The first, a three-all tie with Crew at Scotland, followed up with a four-all draw against Charlton at the Valley. Uh, we'll start with that game against Crew And Ryan, um, I think we've got to start with, with some praise for the ground staff, haven't we? Because it would have been postponed that game in previous years, but the ground staff put, uh, put an extra shift in to, to make sure it was on and they deserve plenty of praise for that. Yeah, unbelievable effort. I think, I believe they were there through the night. I think a couple turned up early hours in the morning to make sure that it was all right under the covers. Um, but yeah, unbelievable effort. Um, sort of halfway through the week, you, you, we were all worried that we're finally going to have a game after a couple of weeks off and it's going to be postponed through frost or snow, whatever it was, but didn't look like there were any problems really with the pitch. If anything, it looked a bit too dry at points. So it was, yeah, really good, really good work and yeah, shows that it was uh, money well spent in the summer. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it looked in great nick as well, didn't it, throughout the game. Um, Chaff, we spoke before the game about the fact that it was pretty much a full-strength squad. I think there was only Jimmy Ryan and maybe one other missing. I, I can't really remember now off the top of my head. But um, it was noticeable that there were four defenders on the bench despite having few injuries. Do you think that maybe highlights the need for a few more attacking options in the squad in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, definitely. Um, A selection of seven shouldn't have four defenders on it. Um, Especially when you look at the bench and you look at the options that we've got on the bench and you're thinking that you're not ever going to use them unless it's an absolute emergency. So they're not really options in that respect. Um, The likes of Joe Dunn are not going to be brought on um, unless... We have two full-backs go off injured, for, for example. Um, yeah, it, it massively highlights where, we, where we're lacking. Um, the attacking options that were on the bench, uh, the likes of Dooley, it, the, we need better options and we need more of them. Um, yeah, there's, there's just not enough t- attacking uh, threat. I think it was Tavares who I was expecting on the bench who might not have been on there, but... He's not been on for the last two games, has he? I thought he might have offered something different. So, even though he's not particularly brilliant, but yeah, he'd have been a different option than a defensive one. Yeah, I suppose he has come off the bench and scored an important goal at one stage already this season, hasn't he? So, slightly disappointing to not see him being involved, even when we're clearly short of attacking options. I'm hoping that it's not an injury or anything, but you have to suspect that it possibly is, given. Um, like you say, the fact that there's so many defenders on the bench at the minute. Um, Luke, we'll get into the actual game itself. And the first half was, well, I was going to say um, 
forgettable, but it wasn't forgettable, was it? It'll stick in the mind for a while because it was um, one of our worst halves under Brian Barry Murphy, I would say. Yeah, it was a, it was a tough watch. It was frustrating. Um, I think Crew were absolutely brilliant um, on the counter attack, and you know they played every for, for each of the goals. You know they as easy as it was with regards to us leaving holes uh, in dangerous positions for the counter. Um, they didn't half exploit them really well. Um, every pass and every every bit of movement leading up to the goals were just kind of bang on for what they needed to do to punish us. Um, but yeah, another frustrating one um, were kind of I think it's that it's that kind of those home performances that are uh, letting us down a little bit, and it's were you know um, a little bit frustrating really because BBM came out post match and said how dangerous Crew are as a counter attacking team, and and now we knew that. Yeah, it, that weren't really demonstrated by the way we kind of played that first half. It was it wasn't like we were kind of um, you know going for it in in, in our style and, and going for it to win the game and, and kind of you know maybe leaving one or two back to protect ourselves from the counter attack. It, it was like we played the game and we played that first half like it was one big surprise. Um, bit of a bad bad combination of of us being poor. And, and crew being absolutely ruthless uh, on the counter. Um, but yeah, disappointing, disappointing game to watch. And you kind of, it was one of them, you, you kind of knew it were coming as, as crew were attacking. It felt like they were going to score uh, when they did. Um, and I think that says a lot about our kind of um, defensive uh, weaknesses of, of late. Yeah, Ryan, in that first half, the defence was incredibly disorganised, I would say. Um, like Luke said there, we were counted very easily. And I found myself at half-time, it was probably the first time this happened for me where I really did start to question whether BBM is the right man for the job. Now, you weren't too happy with that, were you, at the time? <laughs> no, I think I'm sort of used to some fans saying it. I was surprised when someone in this group was saying it. In a way, I, I see... I can see why people get frustrated and I can see why there's people out there who probably feel that way. But I think you've got to look at the, and I hate this phrase, but you've got to look at the bigger picture for me. And I think overall his recruitment's been pretty good. Um, I think the style of play we play when we're on it is like nothing else in the league at times. You look at a couple of the goals on Tuesday, and there were team goals coming out from the back for a few last season. And I think he's bringing kids through. I think there's quite a few players I think has improved. Even players who were here on the hill, I think he's improved there further. Um, so it frustrates I've got to be careful with my words, but it frustrates me. And um, yeah, I, I won't have... Who else do you have? I suppose is one question. Um and two, I think I think he's doing an unbelievable job with the resources he's got, the players he's got, and what he's got what he's got available to him from from both a financial aspect and the players that he inherited. You look at the turnover of a squad; it's a new team. So to be where we are, the goals we've scored, yeah, we need to we need to sort ourselves out defensively. There's no doubt about that. Nobody in the world would say otherwise. But I think you can't say it's boring, can you? Not anymore, I don't think, after the last couple of games. But I do think that was a criticism that was levelled at him, wasn't it, earlier in the season. Um, what I would say was one of the things that we were talking about when we were sort of discussing this was you mentioned about the fact that the style of play maybe 
helps to develop some of the players. Now, it's not something I necessarily agree with, but would you use that maybe as a... What's the opposite of like a, a stick to beat with, you know? Like something to get behind BBM is the fact that these these players, the way we're playing, it's helping us to, to sell them because teams higher up the chain are more interested. Yeah, I stick by it. I think the stellar player we've got now, it's... Everyone knows that that's the way that the academy plays, right from the sort of under nines, right through to the first team. Because otherwise, what will it, Matheson, if he's not getting forward, he's not getting picked up, is he? Because defensively, he's awful at times. Yeah, what I would say is um, I, I'm not sure of the style of play this season. I can understand the point regarding Matheson, but I'm not sure that this season it's actually um, increased the value of any of the players that we've got. I think. Aaron Morley's not having a great season. I think most would agree with that. Um, I think his value's probably not increased. It might have stayed the same. I think Rathbones has probably decreased because I think he's having quite a poor season. I think Quadro Barr is the sort of player that would excel in most systems and is really the sort of player who's more of your sort of X-factor kind of player who, who, who it doesn't really matter whether you're playing a certain style of player or not. And I'm not seeing loads of youth players get loads of minutes aside from those two or three. So I'm not sure if it's worth persevering with a certain style of play just to, you know, increase the value of the players because I don't think that that's happening enough to make it worth it. And, and we've seen um, sort of in the four, in the two games since then or the game and a half since that half, um, an increase in results at least in terms of going forward and creating chances. Um, Luke touched on it a few, a few minutes ago, but... Uh, crew were really very good in that first half, weren't they? Do you think they were prepared um, for for that style of play that we've spoken about? Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty evident. Um, as well as crew played, we allowed them to play that way. So it's it was that's what made it frustrating. Luke touched on it earlier. It was just so predictable. Um, the the goals that we've scored were, at no point did I not, as soon as they broke. Every time I thought they were going to score, and they, they pretty much did. Every time that they, they, they got forward, they, they scored. Um, it's we must be so easy to play against sometimes. Um, but yeah, crew crew did play well. Um, they've got a couple of really good players, haven't they? Um, that Pickering's a really good player. I thought Landrum was a a, a real handful as well. Um, and they're in the top half for a reason. I mean. I think some people have been guilty of sort of singling them out as being a, a really good side and a side that well they're not the I think they were ninth but weren't they going into the going into the game. It's not like the top of the league and we're not we've got barely any hope of getting anything against them. So to capitulate like we did was really, really frustrating. Um but yeah, all you need to do against us at home it seems is just Allow us to have the ball, sit deep, and then counter because it's it it works. Um, it's worked at, for teams of different levels as well because that's exactly what Stockport did, um, and we didn't have an answer. And yeah, so as well as crew played and as well as they exploited us, we we allowed them to, and it was it was infuriating. It was, um, but then obviously we all know what happened in the second half, and Luke. Where did that come from, do you think? I mean, we were saying at half-time that the players looked maybe a little bit tired because they hadn't been in training due to all being in isolation. And then 
all of a sudden they look ten times more energetic in that second half. Yeah, no idea where it came from, um, but that's that's football for you, isn't it? Um, I think the early goal helped us big time, um, just to get a bit of belief. Uh, I think if we if we probably went fifteen twenty minutes without scoring, I think the game would have fizzled out. Our crew would have capitalised even more with us having to chase the game. Uh, but that first goal really helped. Um, and I think you could just see the belief in the players come back then from that point onwards. Um, you know, I know BBM on the face of it, you know, to the media and, and things like that, he's, he's very protective with the players. Um, he's very kind of reluctant to criticise at times uh, to the media. but And he does come across as a nice guy. Um, but I do wonder whether he, uh, he put a rocket up a couple of asses and behind the scenes um, because, um, you know, we came out, we looked like a different team. We were, we were more energetic, we were more assertive, we won the ball back earlier, we didn't let them counter as well as what they was doing in the first half. However, having said that, crew did still have the chances, which they always were going to because we had to kind of, we really had to open up. But um, I think we kind of defended better. Bizunu, made some good saves um, and it just kind of played into our hands and, um, you know, we were all going mad for it, weren't we, when, when Monday put that in. Um, I thought that goal was actually quite underrated, to be fair, because whilst he had a lot of time, it was in a crowded penalty area and the ball was bouncing and, you know, he smashed it, but with an element of control. Um, great to see, but where it came from, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, uh, the celebrations for that, for that Lund goal were really good to see. I think we showed in that second half the kind of spirit and the kind of mentality that I was starting to think that we maybe lacked. Yeah, I, I never doubted the spirit, but I think the mentality sometimes, we've mentioned it on the podcast a few times, where you know, we perhaps conceded a couple and gone behind and just sort of capitulated. But half-time probably helped to get them in and you know not conceding the second half and then having to come back in 45 minutes sort of having half-time where you've got the leaders in the dressing room and BBM, Lee Riley, Gibbons would have been vocal on sure. Uh, but Paul McShane helps. But yeah, the celebrations were really good to see. And then not only that, but sort of the end of the game, we were going for it. And if anyone were going to win it, it looked like us. And it would, yeah, great to see. I think the interviews afterwards, Humphreys spoke, didn't he? And he mentioned how close and tightening everyone is in the, in the group. So, yeah, it's really good to see. And I think that'll stand us in, in really good stead moving forward. And Chaff, a big part of that, I think, certainly in terms of the mentality, um, was the introduction of Paul McShane. Um, we were saying how we've conceded seven goals in the last two games, but none of them were in the spell that McShane was on the pitch against Crew. Uh, we know he has his fitness issues, but he has to start, doesn't he, when he's, when he's available, because he does make such a difference to the organisation of that back line. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I think we saw it last year as well when he came in. Um, he was superb. Um, the, it, there was a massive change really quickly when he came in. Um, he organises, and it took him a little bit. It took him sort of ten, fifteen minutes to get into the game once he came on for O'Connell. But after that, I thought he played really well, and he just highlights that out of all the centre backs that we've got, he's probably the the one that looks the steadiest. Um, obviously, O'Connell's been brilliant for us, um, and, and as brilliant as O'Connell is, he can he he can have the odd 
really poor game, but I've not seen McShane do that in the time he's been here. But it's just getting him on the pitch. Um, and the older he gets, and the, the the lack of football that he had between leaving Reading and coming to us, obviously, sort of had a massive impact. Um, and probably half the reason that he, he joined us anyway, because if he'd have stayed in football, he wouldn't have been with us, would he? But, yeah, he's, a, he's an organiser and... I think if we just improve when whenever he's on the pitch, I just think we look better. Lou, to touch on a couple of players who maybe didn't have a great game against uh, Crew, it was noticeable that both Matt Doan and Alex Newby dropped out at the starting eleven for the Charlton game, wasn't it? I, I think neither of them had a particularly uh, good afternoon against Crew. Yeah, I think um, I think I think Newby struggled in part. It might have been because he he was probably tasked with doing a bit of a job on. Kirk, um, he was a constant threat when he was part. I think he was part of all three of their goals, um, and he was on Newby's side. So I don't know if that's something a little bit away from from Newby's game. But yeah, he's one of them. He doesn't really have middle ground. He's either quite he's he's relatively quiet and, and loses the ball a fair bit because you know to be fair to him, he does look to make things happen. Um, or he's one of our better players. He doesn't really have a solid. I've not really seen him have a six, seven out of ten really. Um, really like him, but you know, um, he's also played a lot of football and he, for us, and he's made that step up, you know, a couple of leagues. So, um, maybe a rest is going to do him good. Maybe it was just the game, the way the game went, he just had a particular bad game. Um, but I think the difference between Newby and Dawn is that Dawn's just he's not been good enough for us for a long time, in my opinion. Um, and I think his time is coming to an end, be it kind of in January or at the end of his contract uh, with us, which uh, he's been a great player for us. And, you know, to be fair, it can't be easy coming in after not playing regularly. But um, my opinion, we look weaker every time he plays and it doesn't really matter what position he plays in. Um, I said it before, I don't like him at left back. I think he goes back. He sets the tone sometimes for going back far too easy. Um, and he's probably one of our highest earners so he's been a great servant to the club I'll always like him um, personally you know because he has been a great player for us but he's had a lot of chances now and he doesn't look capable of playing at this level anymore um, and I think it'd be a good move for him to move on um, from a financial perspective as well for us Yeah I think it'd suit, probably suit all parties if he could get maybe a, a team in League 2, perhaps, because I think he could probably still do a job, uh, a division below, uh, probably more as an attacking option than, than as a left-back, as you say. Um, Ryan, I know Luke touched on it a minute ago, but uh, another two goals for Matty Lund. Um, it, sort of running out of superlatives for the season that he's having, aren't we? Yeah, he's been unreal. I think I mentioned on Tuesday when we did the live, I just, I've never saw it coming. He's never been prolific before. He's scored the odd goal, but then this season he just, taking it up a level. And I think it seems strange to say this, but you sort of, you watch some games and you're crying out for him to be in that pivot, winning the ball and being that tough tackler and battler, but you just can't move him back because the goals he's scoring. And I don't see any other midfielder we've got doing that job. So, um, yeah, he's done really well. He's sort of playing as a front two now when we've when we've not got the ball um, and pressing their defence. And then when we have got the ball, he's moving into like a 10 as a wingers get forward. So I think it suits him. And yeah, we talk about that second half on Saturday. I just didn't see the season coming from him. 
coming from him at all. He'd probably be the last midfielder I thought would do it that, that are on our books. But yeah, two really good goals as well again. And yeah, just having a really good season, isn't he? Credit BBM for that because he's, he's clearly kind of, it's not just all natural, is it? He's, he's put him in that position. He's given him the freedom, hasn't he? So right, full credit to BBM there as well. Uh, I've just got to say, he was in my all-time 11, just saying. <laughs> I think that might be a little bit more justified if he keeps up his current form, to be honest. Um, Chaff, one, one more player that I'd like to touch on. And again, I think Luke mentioned him a minute ago, but Bazunu made three or four really big saves in that second half. And I think maybe some supporters it, it might have been lost on because all the focus was on our attacking intent in that second half. But without those saves, um, we certainly wouldn't have got the point, would we? No, I'd agree with that. Um, he, yeah, he pulled up um, two or three really good saves that second half. Um, and he did again on um, Tuesday night as well. Um, pulled off key save, really good saves at key times. Um, and we just look, and this is ridiculous to, to say when we've conceded seven goals in two games, but we look more confident with him. I feel more confident with him in, in net than with Lynch. Um, and he just adds a little bit more quality. The, his, his reflexes are, and his reactions are brilliant. Um, yeah, we, we, look, we look miles better with him inside, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Um, I have one last note that I think I made on Saturday after the game, and it kind of feels a little redundant after the craziness of Tuesday. But Luke, uh, I think I, I, made the, I made a note to, to make sure that we said that um, the second half of that crazy comeback shouldn't really mask um, what was, in truth, a really bad first half performance. And I think supporters have to, have to keep that in mind as well, don't they, rather than getting too carried away with what was an excellent second half this way. Yeah, big time. We've got we've got obvious issues. The goals for and goals against Colin White just screams that, um, and and kind of our home form does as well. It's we've mentioned it a few times, haven't we? We need to crack, um, we need to crack the um, the formula around how do we win at home when teams sit back against us, um, and if we can crack that, um, then I think we're we're a very very dangerous team. Um, it's just. How do you go about it? Do you go away from your um, values? Because like Rye said, as a football club now, the way we play our football, it's not just the first team. Um, you know, the youth team play this in the same manner. Um, I was listening to an interview with Briley and he was saying he drops off into that wing-back position like Aaron Morley does and he's that version of, uh, of Aaron Morley in the youth team. So clearly it goes through all the levels. And I think that's a good thing, having, having an identity, identity as a football club. But should it come at the cost of winning football matches and there's a balance to strike and I don't think we've got that at home. Uh, and I think we, you know, there are other ways in which we can go about our business, be it a bit more direct, without losing our, tr- our whole identity as a, as a football team that kind of plays out from the back as well. Um, I think to a certain extent the Bazunu says masks that performance as well because all crew needed was one goal and that would have saw us off easily and he kept us in it. Um, but great characters come back um, and I was questioning the character of the team on Saturday. Um, I was looking at him and I thought we have character we clearly do because you know we wouldn't have got that comeback if we didn't. Um, but we need to fix up defensively and we need to fix up at home. And if we do that, we're a solid team in this league. 
Ryan, what do you think the defensive issues sort of stem from? Do you think it's um, a lack of organisation? Do you think it is the style of play or, or maybe just the individual qualities lacking in the defence? I don't, it's tough to say because I'm reluctant to dig out my defence too much because when you look at a lot of the goals we're conceding from open play, you sort of, a lot of them are counter-attacks, but then a lot of them are, you're sort of watching the aftermath of the goal and we've got maybe two players in the box and you, you're sort of like, where's everybody else? So we're either, we've either got too many men pressing the ball as the opposition get it and not leaving enough to, you know, stop the counter or we're too slow in getting back. The midfielders aren't sprinting back as they should be. The wingers aren't getting back as they should be because you look at the goals on Saturday and the one where Owen O'Connell's probably going to be out for a while for his hamstring, he was the only one there. He was the only one in our half at the time um, running back. So how that happens, I don't know. Where, where are the, Where's the other centre-half? And then another one of the goals is edge-of-the-box stuff, which happens a lot because we don't have that base player that where Jimmy Ryan probably would be if he were playing. Aaron Morley just doesn't have that defensive now, and it's not that's just not his game. But that needs sorting because we're not defending as a team well enough and we're leaving we're leaving defenders exposed, we're leaving O'Connell and Roberts and the fullbacks exposed too often. Um in addition to that, Ryan, I I agree. Um your comments on Morley there are absolutely spot on. Um, as the defensive midfielder out of the midfield unit, he's got to be the one that does more off the ball um, and stopping these counters, and he just doesn't. And that's it's not his game, to be honest with you. The guy's got an unbelievable passing range, and all the stats will back that up. And he just, we need someone with a lot more energy to be able to to rat really and and sort of break up play when teams do counter us. But the fact that you, you mentioned Ethan Briley there as well, and the, the fact that he does it in the 18s. That's it's evidently a sort of mindset that BBM's got that it, it, he doesn't maybe agree with that or doesn't see it that way. Because I can't see Ethan Briley being sort of a midfielder that we would identify as needing either. Um, in breaking up plays, he's very much, it comes across, anyway, I've only seen him a few times, but it comes across as a sort of creative player who wants to spray the ball about. Um, like Aaron Marley so maybe BBM doesn't see that as an issue but I think we're, we're crying out for a defensive midfielder um, who can break up the play um, and just be an absolute nuisance to anyone who's breaking like a Keith Keane or a, a Peter Cavanagh and I, I think Luke's right about the, the, the fullbacks as well was it you Ryan who said that as well if we've got fullbacks who can get up and down better than what Keown and Don do or did on Saturday then some, uh, we, we, then we might have had a different a different result there. Um, we the way we play has just got to be it, it's got to be more solid when we've not got the ball. Yeah, I think we've got the danger better, haven't we, as a team? It's not like we've got that nous in the team of spotting where the danger is. Um, when we're attacking teams at home, have you noticed? Even away from home as well. Most teams, you know it is when you're taught as a young kid, if one full-back goes, the other one tucks in almost as a centre-half. The way we play, and you know, this isn't necessarily a criticism because fair play to BBM um, because it's attacking intent, but we have wing-backs going forward on one side. and Jim, Jimmy Cahane's at the back stick trying to get on the end stuff. Um, 
So it's, you know, attacking-wise, it's good, but it leaves holes uh, at the other end of the pitch, doesn't it? And it's, I think it's just finding that balance for us. Just got to find it. I think a lot of that probably comes down to a bit of frustration now with how poor our own form's been. I think we probably saw crew set up, and I've seen a lot of crew fans on Twitter saying it's the first time that they've seen them sit back, but we're probably used to the teams doing that now and sort of getting a bit frustrated with it and sending the fullbacks are probably thinking we need we need an early goal here to get in the game. So we're probably sending too many players to try and rectify this own form. It's just backfiring. So it'll be interesting to see what happens on Saturday because we saw it with DW, we're more than capable of turning these over. But whether we can, you know, set up a game plan and, and play in a way in which we can beat them at home, because no doubt they'll learn from that on the last time we played them, and they'll they'll do exactly the same as every other team's done at Scotland, and we we need to work out how to how to solve a puzzle. This week's episode of the RochdaleFC.com podcast is sponsored by O One Seven O Six. Created in 2018, 01706 is a multifaceted concept brand that showcases real life and youth culture in Rochdale. Through photo zines, clothing, merchandise and more. You can follow them at underscore 01706 to find out what's happening, see the latest photos from around the town and you can go to 01706.store to find the latest products available. I got myself uh, one of the Champion Crew sweaters recently, the quality is amazing and obviously repping the hometown as I wear it as well. Um, it's a really, really cool brand, and I think everyone from around the town should be uh, should be getting involved and following them and checking them out. So that's 01706. Uh, you can find them on Instagram, underscore 01706, underscore, and you can go straight to the store at 01706.store. Um, if you're interested in sponsoring future episodes of the RochdaleFC.com podcast, you can email me at deanandrewsmith92 at gmail.com. Or you can just drop me a line on Facebook or Twitter or, or wherever, uh, rochdaleafc.com. We spoke a little bit there about the fact that in these games we seem to have shown a little bit more of an attacking intent. We said that um, it was noticeable that the club tweeted a couple of the goals, didn't they, with like a playing out from the back sort of. I don't know, if it seemed less than subtle sort of hint towards a, a little bit of support for BBM. Um, but it was clear that that playing out from the back was with more of an intent to go forward rather than keeping the ball. Do we think, perhaps over the course of the season, the fact that we've tried to keep over the ball more rather than going forward is is our own way of protecting what we're clearly seeing now is is a, a weak defence? Uh, yeah, it probably is. Um, but it shouldn't really be that way. I think where, where we've seen it away from home, like, for example, Tuesday night, um, where we are very capable of bringing the ball out and and attacking teams by going at them rather than trying to play it over them or around them. But if we actually go at them, it's it, it's different. We, teams, they don't like it, um, especially like with Barr as an outlet. And um, it's, it, I don't know, it's, it's frustrating because we've not seen it often enough. But when we do sort of look to go at teams, we, we're better for it rather than just giving the ball to Marley and sort of trying to float it in. Um, and on Saturday, we were, that first half, it wasn't like we were tippy-tapping it around. The ball was ending up with, with Aaron Marley. We're, we're trying to play the ball in, but we're just, it's, we're just losing it. 
um, and it's and that's where they're, they're breaking from. So it's not like we were passing it around and it was we, um, it wasn't direct because I think it was a little bit. But yeah, it's we've just got to learn how to do it at all, haven't we? Because we can clearly do it away from home, and I think yeah, it's it's frustrating. One of the major positives of Tuesday night was the performance of uh, Quadro Bar. Luke, um, I just want you to talk us through that performance for him because I, I'm still <laughs> buzz, I'm still as buzzing about the performance as I am about your performance in celebrating. <laughs> uh, unbelievable showing from him, wasn't it? And Twitter is quite rightly buzzing about his potential, having seen those two goals and indeed the performance as a whole. Yeah, he was unreal. The performance helped him to be unreal. Um, we said it during the live video thing around how you know we he was able to be one on one a lot, uh, which helps. Whereas when we're at home and teams are sitting back, he, he's potentially facing two two defenders rather than the one. Um, but he's got that um, he's got that edge as an into his game. He's got that kind of that X factor, that ability to um, drive past the man, be it with a bit of skill or just using his athleticism and. You know, we're sat at home, I'm sat in my, at home in my kitchen and I'm getting off my seat in my kitchen watching it um, because it, it just buzz off off that, of seeing that. It's just, you know, the way he shrugged off, um, you know, Chris Gunter, a Wales international who's, who's been kind of around the block, who's been at, you you know, did well with the Euros of Wales. Uh, he's not, you know, he's not a bad player. And um, Barr just went past him. And then instead of just going past him and carrying on, he, he took a little moment just to push him away as well. You know, and it's just like, this is class to watch. And his finishing was brilliant. I mean, how, how good a finisher is it? Um, it scares me because he's a proper highlights reel kind of player where social media like Twitter, it don't set much to generate an interest, which is good for the club. Uh, not good when someone's contract's up at the end of the season. Because one of the frustrations is that we produce talent, don't we? But you never really get to see them in the prime. You, you, you know, you, you watch them, you watch the Mathisons and whatnot, and you watch them make mistakes in order to grow as players. And um, this isn't the best of bar yet. We've, we, I don't think we've seen anything near it. I think the best of bar comes when um, he finds that consistency across a 90-minute game. Um, and that will come with time and age and experience and fitness. Uh, and, you know, at I'd love to see that in a Rochdale shirt. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what, what a play to watch. I think everyone, how can you not like it? It's just, it just gets you going, doesn't it? It got me going anyway on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's more than one comparison to be made with uh, Nathaniel Mendes-Lang's situation, isn't there? Not only in the fact that uh, his contract was running out and we might not end up getting any money for him, which is frustrating, but just purely from a from a supporter's point of view as well, he has that, that same sort of drive and energy and it, it just so exciting. And I, I think I made the point on Twitter as well that it feels like when he's on the pitch and we have the ball, there's like every supporter wants the ball to go out to him and just to see what he can do, uh, which is really exciting as well. Um, Ryan, another, another real plus point for me on Tuesday was the performance of Ryan McLaughlin. We spoke um, briefly up there about the fullbacks making a difference and he makes a massive difference doesn't he when he's on form it was one of his better performances for Dale yeah it's to be fair when whenever he plays it's it's rare he has a bad game I, I don't I don't remember seeing him thinking he's had a stinker here but he would um, he was superb on Tuesday um against you know 
Johnny Williams as well, who has got plenty of games under his belt at a higher level. I think he was up against him quite a lot. And a, a couple of other really good players who played championship football. And he, he didn't look out of place. I think it's one of, I said in the summer, I wanted us to sign him because of his quality. But there is that issue of can he play two games in, in a week, which is something we need this season. Um, and he probably, I suppose we'll see this weekend, but we've not seen evidence of that yet. But when he does play, he makes one hell of a difference in the team. And, you know, you, it's a bit frustrating sometimes because you watch him and you look how good he is and you just, you know, where would we be as a team and as a club if he was fit all the time? Because we wouldn't be where we are because he, he just, his pace, you know, stopping, we talk about stopping counter-attacks. He'd be able to do that because of his pace. Um but yeah, getting forward defensively, making tackles, winning headers at the back post. I just thought it were really good. His all-round game was was excellent. Um, and if every, if every one of our defenders had a game like he did, we wouldn't have conceded four. At the other end, Chaff, uh, a great performance from Stephen Humphreys as well, I thought. I think we're, we're pretty much used to it now, aren't we? Even when we play badly, it seems like Humphreys is, uh, is still a bright spark in a way and it was an unbelievable free kick from him as well. Yeah, that strike is absolutely phenomenal. That's probably the best power free kick I've seen since, since Lee McEvely. <laughs> absolutely outstanding. Um, and he's twice the player, twice the player that we had on loan. Um, he's progressed so much. He, he's powerful, he's direct, and not one centre-back in our league wants to come up against him. When he's when he's running at them, because he, he he's just he's going to get the better of him. Um, he's been an unbelievable signing so far. It's just a shame we've not seen as much of him as we wanted to because of his injury. Um, it does make you think though that had we had him all season, we'd probably be a lot more comfortable than what we are now. Um, and I think his link-up play with Beasley as well. Um, I'm quite excited to see how that sort of flourishes. Um, but yeah, he's he's been superb, Stephen Humphries. I thought he was excellent again um, on um, Tuesday night. He was really, really good. I think he's actually improved technically as well since he was last with us. His first touch seems to be so much better. I'm not sure if I saw his better games when he was in that first spell because I'll be honest, I didn't think he was as quite as good as some people were making out. But I'm seeing a different player now, like you say. His first touch, his hold-up play, far better. And he just seems to be a much smarter player as well. Um, Luke, one player who, who is another who we've sort of praised the first touch and the, the technical ability of is Aidan Roberts. But it, defensively, he struggled on Tuesday again. And I think he has in the last few games. And do we maybe think that his ability with the ball occasionally masks that, that defensive weakness, that inexperience in, in playing men's football, League One football? Essentially, I think this is, um, this is the kind of experience that Brighton... Will be will be wanting him to have, um, and and this will be the kind of thing that they'll probably want him to learn uh, at this age, as they're probably preparing for for their first team in years to come. Um, we know how good he is on the ball. Uh, we know he's that good that a lot of the time he doesn't have to make a tackle because he'll read it quite well uh, when the ball's on the on the deck. Um, but I think there is a weakness there, phys- physical weakness there. Um, we, we struggled all night against an EK. Um, I think one-on-one, 
Um, he isn't. I mean, he's not small, but he's not. He, you know, he's not. He's not very big, is he? As a, as a centre half, and you know, so I think physicality wise, he, he he struggled a bit in recent weeks. But I think for his age and how good he is, I think it's the kind of thing that he learns with experience rather than that always being a weakness. I think he will learn and he will develop and grow and get better at that side of his game. Um, it's just hopefully he can kind of learn pretty quick because we're going to need him to. Um, and we're going to need him to be better when it comes to one-on-one duels. Um, but, you know, the way he comes out of, comes out of the defence with the ball, it, it opens the pitch right up for us when he's able to do it because of that little burst and, and, and that confidence and that kind of no fear approach that often comes with younger players. Um, so you don't want to you don't want to see him stop. You know, you don't want him to stop doing that kind of thing. Um, but he does need to learn to kind of you know how to how to adapt his game uh, off the ball and, and be stronger. And you know he's got some good season pros around him because I think I think Jim McNulty has probably struggled with that a lot in his career and he's probably learned how to kind of try and overcome it. Um, so hopefully he learns quick. I think he's he's obviously a very confident young player as well. The fact that he brings the ball out of defence every time he can do um, tells you that he's, he, he's absolutely using with confidence in his own ability. And I, I sometimes think he thinks he's bigger than what he is because um, you think you look at the last two games and he's come up against an EK and he's come up against Landron and it's those two games that he's, that he's struggled with a little bit, maybe a couple before that as well. But when he's come up against somebody who's physically a lot bigger than him, he doesn't sort of change his game at all. He still wants to run through and, and try and create from the back. Um, I think his positional play is really, really good. I think it's just a physical thing where he thinks he can take somebody on and he's given the ball away a couple of times doing it. But it's it's all going to be a learning curve to him. The lad's only 18 years old, so um, I think it, I think he's a frightening prospect um, in years to come, um, especially if he can if he can sort of improve his physicality as well. Yeah, I think the physicality was definitely a point against Gillingham as well, wasn't it? When uh, Akinde sort of had the better of him all the way through through that game as well so I think kind of to be expected um, of a player of his age and I suppose if he was sort of ready-made physically then he wouldn't be alone with Dale at the moment so I guess the the major talking point in terms of the negativity towards players after the game was uh, Stephen Dooley's mistake just a few minutes after coming on um, we've gone from 4-2 up to 4-all and the second goal or the the fourth goal sorry the equaliser was certainly his fault wasn't it yeah, uh, sort of the whole passage of play from Dooley at that point because I think he, I think he drove forward and then played a one-two with Keoy and that went backwards, and then he was just so passive on the ball. He was sort of crying out for him to. I think it was either Morley or London in the middle with three, and he had a quick pass into the middle, and he's just meandering on the ball and just, you know, not really doing anything. And then it gets took off him, and then I. Don't know what he does. I don't know what he thinks has happened, but it goes to a man when the ball's ten yards behind him. Um, so yeah, it's feel from a bit because he looked stupid, and he's obviously just thought that the ball's still stuck between the the guy's legs. But just you, you know, they're coming back into a the game. They've come back into a game with a goal. We need to, you know, 
probably get another goal or keep the ball and he's, well, I don't know what he's doing, but yeah, terrible. And I thought he were poor when he came on. I thought we were sort of saying Newby and Dooley should come on. And I agreed with that because um, I thought his, his performance at away from home on Tuesdays have been good against teams like Charlton who come out, but he were awful when he came on and, you know, it was just a stupid mistake at the wrong time, at a time I didn't need it. Yeah, I think we were saying that he tends to be a better player when we've got the lead and a, a bit more space, but we obviously lost the lead that quickly after he came on, but it wasn't really relevant. Um, Chaff, do we think sort of it, it, these last two games have been chaotic, I think would be a word to describe them. Do we think it's an improvement or not? Because obviously defensively, we, we've got more questions about this team than we've ever had before. But on the other end, going forward, we look far more threatening. Do we think we're more likely to stay in the league playing the way we have in the last couple of games or perhaps return into a slightly more reserved approach and a slightly more possession-based approach? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I don't know how you look at it. We've evidently got bags of ability going forward, um, shown by the fact that we've scored more goals than the anybody apart from the the top is it the top four and Charlton team I think Charlton um but the fact that we've conceded there's only one I think there's only, only one team that's conceded more than us as well oh sorry two teams that have conceded more than us so we've evidently got bags of ability going forward and that's the the type of football that any supporter would want to see um regardless of the defensive frailties on Tuesday night that style of football is the football everybody wants to see um, you're not going to concede four goals every every, every time you, you play. I mean, you can't legislate for Dooley's stupid mistake. Um, but yeah, you, you'd you'd rather we played a more attack based foot, attacking style of football and go down than play possession based football and still potentially go down. Um, you'd rather be seen to be having a go. Um, I think the January transfer window is massive. Um, for us, BBM's said the same. So I think it'll be interesting to see how the players that he brings in fit into a system that he wants to use. Um, it will sort of it'll tell us how he's going to line up and how he's going to play. Uh, I think possibly, and I'm not letting you go without saying about Dooley as well. I'm, I'm fed up of watching Stephen Dooley play football. <laughs> I'm going to be that blunt. The guy's played over 75 games for the football club and I think I've seen him have less than eight good games. He's, he just doesn't offer anything. He's negative. He, every time he picks the ball up, and he is, he's better when he's got time on the ball. But when's he going to get time on the ball in our league? It's very rare. And he's, he's just so negative. He, come, he turns back all the time. And it was his turning back that cost us on Tuesday night. And yeah, I, his contract's up at the end of this season and I really hope that we don't renew that and that's as blunt as I'm going to be about that <laughs> you know what though it wouldn't surprise me if we did just no it wouldn't, it wouldn't me either because we saw it with Don um, when BBM took over we saw that Matt Don got a contract extension and Dooley as well Dooley got one then didn't he yeah and it yeah it wouldn't surprise me but I can't go up with that <laughs> uh, Luke, one, one last question uh, looking ahead to Saturday's game a home game against Wigan who 
obviously we beat 5-0 away from home quite recently. How important is this game, not just in terms of the relegation zone, which, you know, I think we're both in at the minute, aren't we? We might be just ahead of it um, on goal difference, perhaps. But it's a massive relegation battle. But also, we need to get that home win, don't we? One win in 14 games in all competitions at home this season is really not, really not good enough. It's a big game for us. Um, and I think as, as fans, you look at it and you go, well, um, you're encouraged, aren't you, that this could be uh, a, you know, a, a breakthrough because of what we did to him away from home. Um, we played a Wigan team that looked horrendous. Um, yeah, I don't think that's the same Wigan team. I don't think they've consistently been like that all season because they've had a couple of results here and there. Um, so I wouldn't want us to underestimate him, and I don't think we will. Um, I think we're playing him in quite close in, in quite a close time frame to having when we last played them. Um, and if I'm a Wigan player, I'm fired up for Saturday because we embarrassed them, um, and that worries me a little bit because it's not been that long, and there's still going to be. I think there's going to be more fire in in their team um, to try and kind of you know earn a bit of respect back. Um, but you can't help but look at it as a very winnable game based on where Wigan are in the league, based on just the general feel of Wigan as a club as a whole at the minute. I don't feel as though it's that positive with a lot of finance, finance issues going on. Um, what we did to them away from home, um, you know, I, I feel confident. I feel like, you know, we the second half of the, uh, the game against Crew and the large spells of the game against Charlton, we were ruthless and um, I'd like to see us kind of try, you know, and take that into into Saturday. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm pretty confident, but and it is a big game. Um, but I don't think it'll be an easy one. I think like Rice said, sit back. If they sit back, what do you do? You know, you, you are going to automatically have the ball, whether you, you, you go into it with a game plan to have possession or not. It's hard not to have the ball when the team comes with not much intent to attack other than to counter. So, um, we've got to crack it, and I hope we do on Saturday, and I hope it's a breakthrough turnaround for our season, especially at home. Um, so, yeah, bring them on. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, I think you're right about them having that fire. I think we saw it in the game at the DW, actually, because they were yeah. flying into tackles, weren't they, in that second half? They'd clearly been, been sort of riled by our first half performance in that game. Um I think we may we may be doing another watch along for that game. We're not hundred percent sure yet, so keep your eyes peeled on uh, Twitter and Facebook and stuff, and we'll we'll announce that in due course. Um, do we want to finish with a quiz, guys? Have you got time for a little quiz? Yeah, can we do it in my lifetime though? <laughs> well, what uh, during the watch along we did one at half time, didn't we? And I, I was trying to. I, I actually said I think that I could only think of one game against Charlton, completely forgetting uh, the really <laughs> obvious one uh, where we stayed up on the final day of the season so um, I've got the Dale team from that game uh, it was Rochdale 1 Charlton nil, 5th of May 2018 uh, so Ryan you, uh, actually Chaff you were the winner weren't you in the watch alone so Chaff you can go first and then uh, Luke and then Ryan I will go with Joe Thompson correct I'll go with Ian Anderson correct Alan Camps correct uh Lillis, Josh Lillis. Yep. Calvin Andrew. Yep. It's in your lifetime, right? So, Rice is reeling off the fact that Luke said Calvin Andrew. <laughs> Joe Raff. Yep. 
you mean Matt Nolte? Yeah. Matt Dawn. Yeah. Or is it me? No, Ryan. McGay. Correct. Ollie Rathbone. Yeah. Morley. Incorrect. No, and Morley. Surprised me that. Not even on the bench. Humphreys. Humphreys was an unused sub. Stephen Davis. Yeah, came on at the same time as Joe Thompson. Andy Cannon. Andy Cannon is incorrect. Andy Cannon wasn't in the squad, so I'll just run through it quickly for anyone who was playing along at home. It was Josh Lillis, Ryan Delaney, Harrison Maguire, Joe Rafferty, Jim McNulty, Callum Camps, Brad Inman, Ollie Rathbone, Matt Doan, Ian Anderson, Calvin Andrew, and then the bench was Brendan Moore, Sam Hart, Scott Wiseman, Mark Kitchen, Joe Thompson, Steve Davies, and Stephen Humphreys. So another win for Chap. We will pick this up, I suppose, in, uh, this time next week. We'll have another couple of Dale games uh, to speak about against Wigan. And does anyone want to help me out with who we play on Tuesday? Is it Doncaster? Doncaster, that's right, yeah. So we'll pick up next week and, uh, and go through those and keep your eyes peeled on Twitter and Facebook to see if we're doing another watch along for either of those games. Um, but all that's left for me to say for now is thank you for joining me, Ryan. No, nice one. Cheers again. Cheers, Chaff. Nice one. Thank you very much. And Luke, thanks as always, mate. Cheers, lads. Catch you next time. Up the Dale.